Swedes are good folks. Hans, Olo, is different than Han, Solo. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. Ice cream, Dracula and so much more on this episode of Awesome Today. Awesome Today, is a daily list of things which we find somewhat or completely awesome, that are somehow affiliated with today's date. It is the awesome things we've been introduced to, discovered, or rediscovered. This show is barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy the banter, and have an awesome today. Would you? Alright, hello. Don't wake up the baby. Don't wake up the baby, idiot podcaster. Sorry. Hello. Hello. It is awesome today. It is awesome today. It I'm is. feeling good. It's another 97 degree plus day. I'm flexing into it. I feel good. We've already been sitting outside. You're yeah. all jazzed up on heat. Feeling good, man. Most people take it down a notch when it's hot outside, mm -mm. not Kyle. No, no. Whatever's wrong with me, that makes it right. That's right. Okay. Well, here we are. It's June 6th. June 6th, happy National Day, if you're in Sweden, and we have at least one, according to the metrics that I look at online, we have at least one awesome in Sweden, and I can't tell for sure, but it may even be a superstar. All right. I don't know if they are Swedish, because you can be in Sweden without being Swedish. Certainly, yes. And so I had to be really particular uh -huh. about how I worded everything. Yes. But there is someone surrounded by Swedes, who downloads our stuff. And to you, happy National Day. I feel like it's not a bad thing to be surrounded by Swedes. No. It's probably not a terrible thing to be in Sweden in June. From what I can tell, Swedes are pretty good folk. Uh -huh. You're Swedish, you know, on your mother's side. It's true. It's one of the smaller parts of my heritage, you... and I don't look like it. <laughs> not at all. But you do have that Swedish blood running through those veins. Okay. Does that make me... Loosely related to Vikings? You're absolutely related to Vikings. Okay. Well, maybe that's the only reason I can grow a beard. I don't know. It's probably that feels right. Yes. I would absolutely hop in a boat and pillage someone's lands. <laughs> if that counts for anything. <laughs> With apologies to all the Viking listeners for your stereotyping of them. <laughs> well, that's what they did. <laughs> they saw what they wanted and they took it from okay. those who were... To Mamby Pamby to defend it. <laughs> All right, here we Including go. Including historically Catholic monasteries. <laughs> yes, that's it's all, right. It's all part of the mystery of life. That's right, that's right. Okay. All right. June 6th, here we are. Let's talk about some facts in history. Let's do it. Wait, though, first. Though, first. If I may. May I? You may. May I? Okay. I know that this isn't necessarily because of the whole time paradox of today is not today for you or for us at the same time. We're spanning 48 hours with all of these. Was there anything awesome today for you? Well, today is Friday. Mm -hmm. For us, not for, for us. you. Yes. And so a new episode of Sword Awesome came out. It's the summer list. Uh, traditionally, those seasonal lists are my favorite episodes. Lists are good. I hold them dear to my heart. Rebecca and I got to do summer 2020, which was a challenge because we were like, what is summer 2020 going to be like? We don't know. Right. One thing I left off the list, it was a last minute sub out. I put something else on the list. Didn't put on the list that this summer, possibly maybe in August, 
we will get the release of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3. Oh my goodness. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter reprising their roles as Bill and Ted. They are middle-aged people who have... Oh, let's be honest. They're... In they're, the movies. They're acting as middle-aged yes. people, but they're they're pushing past middle. Yes, they're pushing past middle. But in the movie, they're middle-aged men who have daughters who join them on this adventure. Oh. Now, it's scheduled to be released in theaters mid-August. We don't know what theater right, situation right. is going to be like, so it may even be a direct-to-video situation anyway. Right. That did not make it on the list, but the Summer Awesome List 2020 is out right now. That's that's pretty awesome. And hey, just dropping an episode. There's an awesome amount of work I know because I've watched it that goes into that. That's awesome. I celebrate that with you and for you both. Thank you. Um, there's another awesome thing. Okay. That I'm personally aware of is that I believe on today, which is the day before y'all are watching this, that you had a sort of awesome playlist. Yeah, that you created. Well. I gave you credit. I did-ish. Um, I, I consulted, unbeknownst to them, I consulted some of the commentary from the awesomes and yeah. things to help guide towards this. But it seemed right, and it seemed good. And it is good. We like it. It's totally awesome 80s. And it you did a good job. You did a great Thank job you. of pulling some of the most danceable, upbeat, turn it on while you're in the kitchen, while you're... Bopping around your house, cleaning, whatever you're doing, it will keep you. We're driving on the Autobahn for our German listeners. Yes, driving on the Autobahn. But I don't do a good German accent unless I'm saying Schadenfreude. Oh, that's true. You nailed that one. <laughs> I, so. however, do have an alter ego uh-huh. digging into my Germanic DNA, but it's... I can't just bring it out on command. Okay. Everything has to hit where he just wells up inside me and erupts. I don't know if you'll ever get to see that or not. We'll see. Do you want to tell the people what his name is? Well, his name is Hans, of course. Because? (laughs) Well, this is, it's fun. And it's not having fun at the expense of it's. I don't mind. It's laughing with. So, those of you familiar with Star Wars know that there is a character named Hans, or no, I'm sorry, Han. Yeah, I, I tricked, you yeah, tricked me I into it. Han Solo. And we only figured out a brief time ago that Megan had heard his name as Hans Olo. Yep. Which is, it absolutely awakened dormant DNA in me, and I developed the character of Hans Olo. Who probably spends most of his time in a vodka bar doing techno dance <laughs> and things. Yes. It's a thing. It's it is real. a thing. Someday he'll come out on this show. I'm surprised he didn't come out when we were talking about Schadenfreude. It was close. I Here's the thing. I I try to hold down. You try to keep Hans repressed. I try to keep things down so that when he's present, it's a true holy shit moment. It's just like, where have you been? I love you. <laughs> But you can't bring it out all the time. It's kind of like crying wolf. You do it right. too much, nobody listens. It's true. So. It's true. It's true. It's true. Okay. Woo. Yeah. We took some side trails. Well, that happens, and it's okay. It does happen. We may have to cut out some of what we were going to cover. Don't produce the producer. Oh, man. I forgot. Don't I'm edit the I'm not the, the producer editor. of this show. You're not. Okay. I got a handle. We're good. I'm just along for the ride. Well, I'd like for you to know, June 6th. 1844. It's a long time ago. Go there in your mind. June 6, 1844. 
the Young Men's Christian Association, also known as the YMCA. YMCA! Founded in London. Did you know that the YMCA was founded in I London? I did not. Okay. I did either. not. Yeah. And I, in one moment, I'm like, oh, so we stole that from someone else. But then I'm like, no, actually, American culture is an amalgamation of things that we stole from everyone. So there's no shame in that. It's all from someone else. We have cherry-picked the goodness of everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, done some bad things on our own. Plenty. The YMCA cannot, you can't, you almost cannot say YMCA like as a, just as a part of a sentence. You will be, at least in your own mind, singing YMCA. Yes, whether you're dressed like a policeman, a construction worker, a Native American chief. What was the fourth one? Oh, gosh. The village people, yeah. as it were. Now I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. Was it a fireman? It may have been. If it's not, it should have been. We'll fact check that later. No, we won't. But we'll pretend like we're going to. Anyway, June 6, 1844, YMCA founded in London, England. Jolly old London. Okay. But that's less valuable than the village people. Right. Who were fantastic. And that song alone, whether or not the... I don't know what I was going to say. Whether or not that's affiliated with specifically the alphabet community or not. It's a song that's loved by everyone. Some people that are more phobic can't admit that they love it now that it is, but it's an awesome song. Yes. It's an awesome song. And both and yes. And I can remember as a kid going to YMCA summer camps. Yeah. They were day camps. Sure. It was a revolutionary idea because you still pay just as much money for your kid to go to the day camp as you would the overnight camp, but there's less legal implication on those who are overwatching. Mm -hmm. And I went to more than one, but the one that I remember specifically, which I don't remember what it was for other than it was a YMCA camp on day two, they had foolishly decided to take a group fishing and one kid got a hook buried in his arm because another kid was casting the rod like Uh. an idiot that alone was impactful and rem- and memorable. But then there was another cat who was pretty strange. Pretty strange. This and one is a strange kid. He had, a there's a few. Camp. There's a few. Yeah. He had disappeared from the group, reappeared in the group with one flip-flop on. And he swore against the grave of his undead family that he had been trying to walk across a creek that was actually like the remainder portion of a spillway off of a lake. Sure, sure, sure. They was trying to walk across a creek and that Dracula's hands had come up out of the water and taken his flip-flop. Dracula? Dracula's in hands. The, in the middle of and the day? And he said it, Dracula. Like there was a D-U-R, Dracula's hands came up and took my flip-flop. And he was so committed and adamant about the story that even though we didn't believe it, we were all a little nervous. <laughs> Dracula, the middle of the day in Oklahoma. In the creek spillway, it was in Ponca City, so it was Lake Ponca. I have a question mark in my mind about that. Except for his conviction in telling the story, if you were there, you'd be like, out loud, you'd be like, nah, that's bull. But then privately, you'd be like, I'm not going near that creek. Look, I'm not one to doubt people of their stories. I am. Of interacting with the supernatural. I am, and it still convicted me. I didn't go near it. Okay. Let's move along. Okay. June 6, 1882. 
Henry W. Seeley of New York City patents the electric iron. Okay. The iron like a clothes iron? Like a clothes iron. Oh. And that's fascinating to me because I, I regularly am fascinated and even at times fixated by something that pulls me out of the current moment. Mm -hmm. And we're all in our lifetimes spoiled, truly, as, as mundane and irritating as it is to iron clothes. And yes, I have ironed a few. Not well. Not well, mind you. But I've ironed a few shirts and things in my life. To think back to the time when you literally had this chunk of metal that you kept on top of the wood-burning stove that served as both heat and cooking appliance in your home, and you heated up this chunk of metal to yeah. run it over clothes, but that it was all the way up until 1882, and it wasn't like it was widely available then. No, he just that's patented just the patent. Yeah. The idea then. It's, it's really interesting to think about. And there'll be another hit or two on today's list of stuff that kind of draw from that perspective of, hey, pause for a minute in our, our impatient frustration about a thing and realize it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. That there was some, whew, get to iron clothes that way? Yeah. I mean, that ain't fast. No. Or comfortable. Or comfortable. My hands, they burn. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking about this whole time. Yeah. How much your hands would burn. There had to have been... Yeah. Probably they had like a wooden handle or something where you well, went. But if you've ever handled a thing, no pun intended, uh -huh. of that heat, I mean, it's still, you're, you want a mitt, you want things, because even through that piece of wood around the steel that's hot, sure. it's just freaking hot. Freaking hot, man. Okay, well, speaking of that, June mm -hmm. 6th, 1930... For the first time ever, 1930, first time ever, retail stores offer frozen food. Right. Frozen food section. And this was on a test grocery. basis. And okay. I can't remember the state. I, I want to default to Minnesota, but I feel like it's only because we've been talking about Minnesota yesterday with uh, uh, Zimmerman that turned into Dylan and oh, sure. some things like that. And obviously Minnesota's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where it was. But think about that. all that aside. Families back then were not much smaller, if at all, than what ours is right now with five kids. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine trying to meal plan and shop without the ability to bring frozen foods into the home? I know. It would be so much more challenging. But pop Gosh. quiz. Pop quiz for you. Okay. Your top three favorite things that come out of the freezer. Ooh, ice for nice cold drinks. Mm, okay. Hmm, because I hate vegetables in general, which means I have no real spontaneity and creativity when I see a fresh vegetable in the store. I'm not stricken and mm -hmm. filled with ideas. I love the fact that we can keep frozen green beans and frozen broccoli and that I can grab those and do something-ish. Okay. The third answer, there is a correct answer. I'm wrestling because I don't want to pick wrong, and I feel like you've identified a thing about me oh, that I have not yet seen. There's, so there's a correct answer. Let me let me default to you then. What do you see about me that I don't see? It's ice cream. Of course. You can't eat it very often because it upsets I, the old tum-tum. Well, you say that. <laughs> you say that. Does, does gas mean that I can't eat ice cream? <laughs> That's unfair. You love ice cream unlike... <sighs> Anything else 
And then, but you also, you do, you do a good job. I regulate like a champion. You do. Yes. You don't let yourself indulge very often. Which is going to lead me, this may take the episode way too long. I don't care because we don't have time constraints on what we do. Okay. This has reminded me of a story. Okay. I I was hoping you would tell this story. You know what it is. Yeah. In, (laughs) this would have been the early 2000s. We were living in Fort Worth. I was working for a university there, coaching football and killing myself for someone else's benefit, Uh as we often do. Uh Friday nights, not during the season, because during the season, Friday night was busy, Mm -hmm. but that only made up a portion of the year. Friday nights, we had a pizzeria down the street from where we lived that magnificently was run by, were they Armenian? Armenian or Albanian? One of the one of the one of the of, a yes Eastern European Ians yes yeah mm-hmm. no no insult by no. any means just we I can't, can't remember. remember yeah they made the best pizza that I've ever eaten to date so good to date it was phenomenal Meg started working across the street from them at a Starbucks they were all physically attracted to her and we got pizza discounts and I didn't flex too big. Because I knew, one, she wouldn't cheat on me, and two, I liked a discount. <laughs> big, big, extra-large pizza, like, so <sighs> extra-large, you it's really like, yeah. criminally insane you how big these pizzas were. You couldn't wrap your arms around it. Yes. It was a big girl. Yeah. So we got, every Saturday, every Friday night, we would get an, an extra-large, by their definition, sausage and cheese, extra cheese pizza. And then we would finish it. Now, I can't speak for you. I bought both of us a full pint of ice cream. You may or may not have eaten all of yours. I, can't I eat ate a pint all of mine. Time, every time. Yeah. Every time. We were, I feel like Haagen-Dazs rum raisin was the... Yeah, that was the flavor of the moment. The flavor of choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was the procedure. And for, I had gone to the doctor, which wasn't a common, still isn't common, but wasn't a common experience. Back then, I had access to the athletic training department. So for anything mundane, I could go to them and even get prescriptions from them. But something, I'd gotten sick, and I actually needed to go to a real doctor, doctor, not affiliated with the team. And I'd gone, and the doctor that I'd gone to, he was young and new and all that. And he was losing his mind because I was over 30, and I'd not yet had the full physical and I'm, for those of you not watching I'm making the hand motion for what a physical looks like to for a man where the prostate gets checked it's a very invasive and scary thing for men <laughs> but he was insistent I needed to go do that and I needed to have blood work done yeah he was insistent about insistent the blood work. like I'll only give you the prescription you need to get well if you'll promise to go do this yeah as a rule follower which I am in the right context in the right context I agreed I would do it and I'd set the schedule the appointment rather to do that and then I'd forgotten about it and it was for a Saturday morning to go to the blood clinic yeah forgotten completely about it I had eaten my two-thirds of an extra large pizza that you can't wrap your arms around I'd eaten my whole pint of ice cream (laughs) and then only then remembered oh Damn, I got a blood test tomorrow. So I did the fasting and all, but I'd already done the damage. Yes. I went in, had the blood test. The following Monday, I go in for my doctor's appointment. 
and he apparently hadn't looked at anything beforehand. He opens up the results from the blood test while I'm there in front of him, and his face goes white. <laughs> he's like, he's having a holy shit moment. Like, you could die at any moment. Your cholesterol, oh my gosh. And he was freaking out, and I'm like, hold on, Doc. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yes. This is what happened, and he, he calmed down. And then uh, non absolutely connected to the that portion of it, um, but also related to the doctor's appointment, he had noted that my blood pressure was off the charts. And I'd said, well, well, Doc, I'm a little anxious about the old, again, hand motions that only listeners can see. Prostate check. I'm a, I'm a little keyed up about that. And so he said, okay, well, look, we won't do that this time. And so then, and I think he did that strategically. And then he came back and checked my blood pressure after I was over the concern of that invasive procedure and everything was fine. We repeated the blood test. Everything was good. And I'm still alive today. So. <laughs> Whew. Meanwhile, Kyle doesn't know the details of what we women go through every year. When no, we go I know her. enough. <laughs> I know enough. For our wellness check. To know that that's a real thing. But my perspective is that's not a thing. That, it's not like I'm saying my experience was bigger than yours. I'm saying that because men's experience is never what you go through, that it could still very legitimately be a stressful concern for of me. Of course. It is stressful. Yes. For sure. Do they check your blood pressure ahead of time and then like your blood pressure's high and then invasively violate you? Basically, yes. That's what happens. And then every you year. get blood pressure meds and stuff? <laughs> or do they make allowance for the fact that this is a little bit of a spooky thing? Most of the women make like, allowance. I feel like for most most instances, women are the women I've known mm. are more in tune with the fact that, hey, the concept of this thing would freak you out. Yeah. Exactly. Than men are. Men are like, I just quit crying. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. What's next? Okay, you're up. Um, no, you're. I, no, I am up. I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay. June 6, 1934. This is part of the New Deal under FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt, which we talked about I was yesterday. Say the second day of the role. FDR shows up in the FDR rolled out list. a lot of stuff in a short time frame. Okay. Um, but we have the, he signs the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 into law. So ultimately that means it passed both branches. He approved finally as it came through. That's impactful to anybody in financial services, especially those in securities work because that, stands on the books today is something that still guides a major portion of what we do. Yes. Um, we argue with it at times uh, from a lot of different perspectives, but it is a protective measure whether or not your personal financial advisor follows it as well as they should or not. It's something that is to protect people. So Okay. I could go on for hours. I won't. Nobody cares. Thank you. But it meant something to <laughs> So I want to bring it up. So we'll move ahead. June 6th, and I'm jumping backwards in time because, again, the old cut and pasty fingers got out of, out of track. We're jumping backwards. June 6th, 1923. 23. Now, this is important. This is a big one. It's a big one. Heavy debate. Yeah. Even laws are written as women's one-piece swimming suits. We talked about the bikini a few days ago. Yeah. Um, but women's one-piece swimming suits become the hot new fashion. 
Various cities ban them completely. Some allow these suits as long as they're appropriate for swimming and not just a fashion statement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this made me curious, mainly because it's like here's two rapid in succession for us mentions of women's swimming suits. And mm-hmm. so it makes me ask, well, what exactly is the history of women's swimming suits? Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of amazing. It is. It's um, fascinating. Yeah. You look like 1870s, and I know that's a long time ago, and who cares, except that it matters, because I said so, damn it. Okay. Um, you look at the 1870s, and it's literally the same dress, which was billowy and long-sleeved and ankle-length. They reduced the length to mid-shin. In the 1870s? In the 1870s. But that was with the inclusion of some big, poofy, billowy, like, form, physical form-deforming pants. I can't even imagine... That sounds miserable. ...swimming or bathing, because this, honestly, it originated around bathing. Okay. But wearing this level of uh, yeah. heavy, hot terribleness in fairness now and this had to do with a lot of because this was so interesting I did actually read a lot prior to this era bathing slash swimming was done naked but it wasn't done co-ed it wasn't a public practice a lot of this had to do with railroads what? yeah And, and travel from place because you still needed a bath I guess. You still needed all of that. So, And railroads brought people into closer, constant proximity. And then additionally, railroads also brought people that were not in close proximity to a beach the ability to vacation to a beach. And so here's a new need. we got to find a way to bathe and or swim in the presence of others. And so the first response was, well, we'll shorten the dress, but you got to wear pants under it. Okay. Time goes on. We get like mid-arm sleeves Mm -hmm. and the dress comes a little bit higher like mid-thigh but the pants underneath still come below the knee okay we transition um and i'm having to read notes here a minute bear with me because i can't remember all this absolutely accurately um so that was 1890s we've transitioned there early 1900s there's actually a reversal and a return to modesty the dress comes all the way back down to the knee because we'd reached up just above the knee. Now we're back down to the knee, but the pants underneath uh, vary in length and the sleeve length varies. In all cases though, these were baggy, loose fitting outfits and very purposefully of a heavy enough material that the water would not cause them to float upwards. (laughs) Sounds freaking miserable. Right? But then we come to the 1920s. Yes. This is flappers. Yeah. And all of the scandalous things that occurred at that point. We have a one piece that is sleeveless. The top portion is much like a tank top that that, uh, uh, anybody would wear today. Mm -hmm. The the pant leg portion only comes to the uppermost portion of the upper thigh, depending on whose picture you look at. It could be anywhere from lower two-thirds to pretty up in the crotchal region, Hmm. which is a scientific term. Of course. Um, And it's form-fitting. It's no longer bulky. Hmm. It's form-fitting. And I can only imagine the men of the era doing, if anybody's watched, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? 
Yeah. When Pete bites the palm, palm of his hand and screams because they'd seen the sirens, this is how men across the nation would have been reacting. Can you imagine if there was Facebook back then? All of the hot oh takes, people weighing in one way or the other. Oh, yeah. On whether it's sinful, scandalous. Indeed. The hussies out there at the beach with their one piece well, of Well, and here's the beauty. Here's the beauty to me. And I say beauty in heavy quotes. Yeah. Is that they would have been called hussies. Mm -hmm. But not because they were, but because men in general, and I don't say this with shame, I say this with full ownership. Men in general have wickedly good imaginations. And you show them a little, and they're going to, in their mind, see a lot more. And so rather than accepting fault for the failure, they're going to blame the other person. Yeah. It's your fault, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes. It's your fault. You, you're a hussy. I'm not perverted. You're a hussy. Exactly. And that's where modesty culture comes from. But you have to think, too, knowing men, that... Oh, they loved it. Well, even in the 1870s, when oh, you yeah. got your long sleeve on, it gets all wet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bring your burlap over here, Bertha. <laughs> Woo! Now, that was in 1923. By but, 19... But wait. Okay. There's one more piece. Okay. And I think you wanted to talk about this. Mm -hmm was the beach police, the swimming suit police. Oh, at when we were... No, no, no. Well, I mean, that ties in, too. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll help segue into okay. this then. Coinciding with all of this, because there was an allowance, because ultimately men did want to see it, and, men, and women did want to wear it. Yes. But you had to have beach police who yes. would come out, and I've seen an actual photo of this, where somebody's holding a tape measure between the end of the bathing suit and the knee. And it had to fall within a certain measurement or you you would be evicted from the beach. Yes. And when you told me that before we started recording, it reminded me of Falls Creek days. Yeah. What's Falls Creek? Falls you Creek. Help yes. Falls Creek is a Southern Baptist youth camp here in Oklahoma, in Southern Oklahoma, that Kyle and I separately, we didn't know each other then, but right. attended. Everyone from Oklahoma and from Oklahoma, Northern Texas, Texas yeah. travels to... Yeah. The, what is it, uh, Turner Falls yes. region of Oklahoma for this. Yes, and when you and I were in high school, I don't think it's like this anymore. No, it's but not. But when you and I were in high school, they we had very, very specific guidelines about how long your shorts had to be. Well, there was a period when I first started to camp, everyone had to wear jeans. Yeah, because then... Or a dress or you're, whatever. You're, you're, maybe by the time I went for the first time, they had just changed it. Yeah. Because yeah. the shorts had to come to the middle of the knee. I remember that specifically. Okay. See, my first year, and I'm a little older than you, Just we went from pants to the shorts, if you were going to wear them, and it was a huge concession. Yeah. If you were going to wear shorts, they had to come below your kneecap. Yeah. And then, just like bathing suits, the standard began to recede. Yeah. And then by the time probably we were in high school, it was just that you, they had to reach the end of your fingertips. I right, like. right. So if you stood with your arm, if you stood normally, which no one would, yeah, and hung your arms down, the shorts had to come below your fingertips. So which, you're shimmying your shorts down right. your hips and yeah, doing you're all shrugging this stuff, your shoulders shrugging up just to try to get to wear some yeah. shorts. And we were talking about earlier that. Even to this day, like you're wearing some cargo shorts mm -hmm. that easily come down to probably the top of your knee when you yes, stand up. Yes. But that depending on whatever is in fashion-wise, it can be almost impossible to find, even as a grown right. woman, to find shorts that are long. But especially as a teenager, they don't want to wear right. their mom's 
baggy khaki shorts. This is where, camp. unannounced to the creator, Protestantism ushered in the era of jams. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, jams. And by the way, False Creek was not air conditioned. No, it wasn't. That's a whole different side topic we can tell about someday. Someday. Okay. Well, transitioning okay, away from that. Let's let's go into kind of a little bit more serious, a little more weighty. Well, serious. Sometimes things Fact, are serious. Yes. June 6, 1944. D-Day, if you're a, a student of American history at all. And you should be a little bit. Then June, a little bit. Yeah, June 6, 1944 is going to stand out to you as D-Day. This is the day that the Allied forces stormed Normandy's coast. This is the part of World War II. Yeah, Normandy is France. Yes. France had been conquered by Germany. Yeah. This was this was beginning the beginning of the turning of the tide of that war to conquer Hitler. Yes. It was it was a NATO thing, not just the US, but we were heavily involved and really we were the strength of NATO, just as we are now, arguably. Okay. Um, but yeah, when it, it was winning there, yes, that was again. We only know things in retrospect, just like market sure. peaks and troughs and all that. We can look back and say this was when the tide began to turn, and this is what this was the beginning of the end for Nazi Germany. All right, and that was June sixth. It's a big deal. Sixth. A lot of people, 44. a lot of human beings contributed their lives to a good yes. cause that allows us to know the world as we do it today and it's a it's a worthy solemn moment of appreciation yes that's right so we move ahead june 6th 1965 the rolling stones release satisfaction or as we would know it i can't get no satisfaction great song that song reminds me, when you and I got married, you were still, you'd mentioned this earlier, that you kind of went through a phase where you're super into the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you and I got married, I just have this memory of us, it was right before we got married, actually, moving our stuff into our married student housing apartment. In the week, I remember this, the week before our wedding is when we could get the keys yep. to our married student housing apartment. We were both living with friends separately. Ooh, and that's a whole, that's a whole terrible thing. story. But uh, we were moving our stuff in, and I had a mini stereo that I had in my dorm room yep. and you had your whole CD collection. And I just remember that we had one of those Rolling Stone CDs playing yep. just like on repeat. So yeah, takes me back nice. to a moment in time. Okay. Moving on. Uh, June 6, 1979, Jack Haley passes away. I Who is Jack Haley? don't know off the top of my head, but I do have in my notes that you wrote. He was the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, what a, what a, Timeless movie. I hate and that movie. You hated it? I hate it to this day. Man. It freaked me out when I was a kid. It well, was you were so, too young. Even when I was like 12 years old and I watched it, I hated it. Okay. It's so trippy. What a terrible movie. It's trippy and weird. I understand I'm now. glad he's dead. No, Jack Haley, may he rest in peace. I love these years. Um... I just, I didn't like it. It was too fantastical, too scary. I didn't like the flying monkeys. They really freaked that me out. That was pretty creepy. That's I do creepy. understand now as an adult that there's a great political allegory yeah. undergirding the story of The Wizard of Oz. I don't know it, but I do know that that is a thing. Anyway, uh, The Wizard of Oz, not my favorite movie, but okay. you liked it. No. Okay, you hate it. No, I'm, I, I watched it too young. Okay. I mean, it's older than both of us. Oh, by of course. A long shot. Sure, yeah, yeah. I watched it too young. I can remember 
at first being bored and then being freaked out by the monkeys. My Horrifying. my sister was older, is significant, still is actually significantly older than me. Um, I think she's ninety now. <laughs> Um, and I, I feel like, at least in my memory, she was more into it, got it differently than I did. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but even, you know, at the moment we watched it, we had color television and movies, and it was still, you know, it was black and white, so it's it's older. But anyway. Yeah. June 6th, 1984. This is meaningful to me in a way. Um, June 6th, 1984, one of the most successful video games in history is published. If you had to guess, successful video games being something that the majority of people would remember, could do you have a stab in the dark? Well, if it's 1984, I'm thinking this is pre-Nintendo days. Yeah. And so I'm thinking Atari is what it would have had to have been played on originally. Only, I don't know. I do not know that. The only, or maybe maybe on a PC, but that's it really started, super early. It PC started days. in Russia. I don't know oh. when it came to the U.S. Okay. So we're talking about one of the most successful video games ever. I don't know. Tetris. Tetris. I remember because it wasn't it wasn't 84 by any means. It would have been late 80s, early 90s. I got a Nintendo Game Boy. Game Boy is how I knew Tetris too, for sure. And that I think that was a game that came free with it. Yeah. And I must have played Untold Hours. Yes. Undoubtedly played Untold Hours of it. Yes. Um, and even today, I could sit and play it again. It's it's one of those beautiful moments where, kind of like Minecraft, where creation is rough, pixelated, simplistic, and yet they capture something there yeah. that you can engage with and participate in and you're drawn to and you don't want to, I'm not hungry, I'm skipping lunch. You want to keep playing and do the thing. Yes, that's right. And you would sort of now even pride yourself on being a Tetris-style packer. If oh, something yeah. like if the we need to pack the van to go on a trip, or no even doubt. packing groceries. Tetris, or... Tetris contributed to my successful life as an adult. Good, good, good. Okay, moving ahead in time to June 6, 1998, a little show premiered on HBO at the dawn of the renaissance of HBO premium programming, that yeah. show called Sex and... The city. Not sex in the city. Right. Which a lot of people, including myself, would incorrectly yes. originally think. Now, this show is interesting to me because, so June of 1998 is when we got married. Yes. And a year later. That's almost ish, awesome today. We're a few days away. Yeah, that's right. A few months later after we got married, we took over the uh, dorm director job at mm -hmm. the uh, residence hall for freshmen and for Greek life. Anyway, as part of one of the perks, and there weren't many of that job, we got our cable paid for. Free cable, all the channels. All the channels. So we had HBO, premium HBO for the first time. Yeah. And so HBO I, Spanish, you name it, we had it. <laughs> I remember watching Sex in the City, and here I am, this very naive, extremely naive right? Southern Baptist newlywed, and, and just basically watching yeah. it through my fingers like, you're this so bad. But by I'm Miranda, gonna... but you want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> just watching it through my fingers and just being like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. I can't mm -hmm. believe I'm watching this. You know, whispering to friends. Yes. Tentatively, have you seen this? You do it in such a way that you can respond either way. Yeah. Yeah, it is terrible. Isn't it great? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was a real culture changer in the sense that, again, a, 
like I said, this is HBO really leading the charge of the new mm-hmm. age of television, like with the mm-hmm. Sopranos and those types of things in premium cable. But truly one of the first times a show openly, candidly discusses sex relationships. Right. Really explicitly. Who is the star to you? To me, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's Carrie Bradshaw uh, is the main character. Who is? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Agreed. Agreed. It's her show. She's the right? columnist. I mean, but that writing. doesn't mean you have to love her the most. Oh, that right, you have right, to right, identify right. love her. But she was the safe. Yeah. She was the safe person to identify with. Kind of like, honestly, honestly, I view her presence there like... Uh, Breaking Bad and and our main character Walter White there. Yeah. Where they bring along somebody who has a, a code close enough mm-hmm. to yours that you can anchor in with that person. But then you can walk a path. And it doesn't mean the path is wrong. I'm not getting at that. Walter White's plainly was illegal and wrong. Yeah. Um depending on your stance on things and all of that, whether she was morally right or wrong, that's up to you. Yeah. But the starting point was someone you could identify oh, with sure, and then yes. you could take a journey with them. Absolutely. It is, it is Carrie's journey for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and such a fun thing to do at the time that women still like to do is decide if they're a, a Charlotte or a Miranda. Right. Uh, it was the Carrie original Harry Potter test. Or... <laughs> it was. Ah. What's the fourth one's name? Why can I not? Think? Um, I can't remember. She was oh the gosh. dark-haired one. No, that's Charlotte. That's Charlotte. The sexy one. Anyway, you guys. Well, are... I just said her name earlier. The the one that was loose. I said her name, and now I can't remember. <laughs> you can't say loose. You can't. Why not? <laughs> because that's how she behaved. She was very loosely moraled. <laughs> are you ninety-seven years old? Yes. Okay. In my soul, you know this. <laughs> Anyway, you decide. Compared to the others, I'm not saying I'm judging her. Samantha. Samantha, yes. In in comparison to the others, she was the cutting edge of one extreme. Yes. Is that the more PC? Is that what you're still tied up in, 90s person? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So it would be the fun thing to do to be like, well, I'm a this. I am very quite obviously a Charlotte. I don't, I wanted, I would want to be one of the others, but there's no doubt that I am. Very much a Charlotte. Okay, okay. Okay. I feel like now I've got to go apologize to a bunch of people because I said loose. But then I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? That's how she behaved. It's a classifier. It's not an insult. Is it? Is it an insult? Am I wrong? Hey, look, if somebody was to own that classifier. She owned it. Okay. She wasn't ashamed of what she did. I'm not trying to shame her. Okay, good. Oh, man. Just the nomenclature that we chose. We're canceling this yesterday. <laughs> this will never air. No. Let's keep going. Here we go. Gosh. Got all okay. heated just thinking about Well, it. this is interesting. Again, a lot of these, most of these I pick for both of us to share. And I, I hone in on things that mean something yes. to my past in history. Yes. So June 6, 1999, mm. we have the online music file sharing service Napster that comes on the scene. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't huge in the music pirating world. It wasn't like I wanted to be the pirate of the digital seas or anything. (laughs) But uh, I had a job shortly after they started. The guy I worked for was a huge music fan, huge music fan. 
And as a good and faithful employee, you try to make your boss happy, right? Yes. And so I utilized, um, or I didn't, if anybody from law enforcement is listening, <laughs> Napster to download and then burn CDs to play in the staff room while we worked on other things as kind of background wallpaper. Mm -hmm. And it endeared me to him yeah. greatly. He, he deeply appreciated my eclectic taste as well as my attention to what his likes were. Yes. And so I, I would very strategically build something that I knew he loved. There was a song that he loved and then two or three that I felt like he could enjoy before he got disinterested to bring back something that I knew that he loved. And I know factually that, that years after I left there, he clung to those CDs yeah. and continued to play them. And I think carried a small chip on his shoulder against future employees that nobody figured out how to do that. I believe that. You're a great playlist builder. Please see the Totally Awesome 80s. I hope everyone likes it. I playlist. tried very hard. It wasn't the things that I loved. It was the things that I hoped people would love based on some other yeah, that's criteria good. that I'd seen. You're really good at that part of playlist building. You don't make it just about your music and right. your preferences and your taste. You have the awareness to kind of pull back the lens a little bit and put together what what makes a good playlist. If we had been in our late teens in the 80s, that would have been a huge, huge thing for our relationship. A mixtape. Yep. For sure. For sure. Okay, we got to round this out. June 6th, 2012, your friend from the field trip to the lake. He's going right. to be super interested in this. Dracula. Yes. In Bulgaria, archaeologists find not just one, Two medieval vampire skeletons. Yep. Now, I left this part out. Oh, my. The way that they knew yes, or please, suspected. Please do tell me. Is that when they unearthed these buried bodies, they had steel, not wood. They had steel or iron or some type of metal stakes through their chests. Uh -huh. And so that was the signifier. Yep. Well, Bulgaria alone is home to around 100 known vampire Skeleton burials. Yes. It's a huge part of culture. Yeah. And, and we've referenced, I think, through uh, our good friend, the digital voice that comes in to make snarky comments around us. Alexa? Alexa is who we use as the third. Oh, Joanna. Jo Joanna. Joanna. I was like, who's our good friend? She's our good friend. She's my good friend. You're Alexa. She says the things that I don't feel bold enough to say, maybe. I don't know. Okay, that's a true point. Alexa, on the other hand, is your mortal enemy. I hate Alexa. Yes. She's trash. <laughs> we actually filmed, before we ever dropped a single episode of Plus, we were doing a lot of test filming just to yeah. get comfortable in front of a camera. Yeah, I forgot about that. I went on a, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed now at the, at the true rage that boiled up in me. I went on a... On a hate, the profanity tour. laden. Oh, it was vile. <laughs> a rant and about I just, Alexa. I really let everybody know what I thought about her. Yes, but I wait. think I deleted it for my own. I think you did, just in case I ever run for office. <laughs> Whew, it was rough. Well, to get back to our vampires, um, the, these burial sites apparently this is what inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. Well, but, but, but what I was going to say, or Dracula, previously before I got distracted here, previously we've referenced. These older cultures that viewed you lovely redheads yes. as vampires. Yes. And so, but this is, it's all tied in. It's all tied into this. It all comes around. It's a very old 
deep-seated belief of the existence of vampires and a need to treat dead bodies a certain way, which can only mean some kind of shit happened or nobody would have been acting that way. I agree. And this is, we joke about it, but I genuinely do have a very deep fascination with vampires. Mm -hmm. Because you are one. (laughs) It all makes sense When you die, you will be staked. (laughs) Take my remains to Bulgaria, please. Have my funeral mass there. That's fine. But so Bram Stoker's Dracula or Mm -hmm. Dracula, depending on. Dracula. (laughs) Do you know what was published? I only know you know because you made these notes. Handy teleprompter in the notes. 1897. 1897. That which was before these remains were found. That tells you how old this lore and this thing is because the author whose name I failed to record of the original. Well, I guess it was Brim. It's Brim Stoker. After all, you (laughs) idiot. I can't even edit that out. That's just embarrassing. Evidently, Bram, my good friend Bram, was so influenced by the strength of the lore that was there in his lifetime that by the time he reached 1897, he felt compelled to write this piece, which he may or may not have actually believed reality of. Well, I'll tell you what, I've not read the book, but if the novel, I mean, sorry, if the movie adaptation is any indication, bringing it back around to our friend Keanu Reeves, who are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted, Keanu Reeves is in that movie. It is one of my very favorite films of all time. I kind of want to really? watch it right now. Well, we'll, do it to, well, we can't do it tonight. we got to watch Supernatural. Got to tune into Supernatural. we'll keep it on the list. Yeah. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder is in it. It is brilliant and I love it and it was really scary to me when I watched it when I was a teenager he does so many supernaturally affiliated works if you think about it Mm -hmm. including the matrix which in its own way is a supernatural thing he's in the devil's advocate that's not a good film but it is Um, supernatural (laughs) there was one where he was uh, somehow working in angels and demons yeah 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 yeah. uh, Constantine yes that's He's, right. That's really maybe even unrecognized by him. I don't know. Is a niche where he just really excels. He's a great actor and I think underappreciated. Indeed. Underrated. Everybody likes to make fun of yeah. Dingy Bill and Ted. But yeah. He's pretty uh, great. Pretty great. Okay. Round us out. Bring okay. us home. This is... Uh, I like to bury things when I can in I the know. script. I didn't share this one with Meg no. earlier. This is news to me. Um, and it's technically trending... On June 5, which is today for us, but yesterday for when you see this. But to me, it's fascinating enough to include. Um, I Maybe it's because of the American spirit within me. I revel in this reality of necessity being the mother of invention or innovation. Okay. It's, you, can't, you can't despair in a moment because it's only in a moment that things are really crappy that the greatest inspiration will be present for someone to find a solution Mm -hmm. to the problem. And here we are in the midst of coronavirus, which while it may be ebbing now, there is this future concern that as weather turns cold, this will Resurge. resurge and it will be a big damn mess all over again. Well, today, at least as it's released in the news and is trending, there are a couple of Japanese firms who have created a fabric 
that through the movement of your body, just your natural movement, are going to gather and produce small amounts of le electricity that can zap mm -hmm. microbes and bacteria. I hate it. Why do you hate it? You know how I feel about electricity. Well, but it's not something... It's not at the level that it's recognized or felt. It's not like when you go through the lobby of the Southern Baptist Church or wherever and drag your feet on the shag carpet and shock your friends like a jerk. It's not that strong. It's at this much smaller level. Okay. And there's so many applications for this. It could okay. just be that your shirt is made of this and it zaps the things in your armpits that would create stink. Okay. I can get on board with that, I guess. But because we're in the time that we are, especially, we see, oh, well, face masks and zapping bacteria and microbes. And maybe, maybe this is a thing that becomes huge for battling coronavirus or whatever the next thing is that comes yeah, along as time minutes. goes on. Yeah. It's been a little slow in determining how effective it might be for coronavirus because Right now, there are such strict limits on what institutions are allowed to handle this disease Yeah, uh, to do those tests. But that's amazing. It is amazing. That's amazing. Who knows where that could go? Yes, that is a very promising development yeah. for sure. So there's hope, even in the midst of, you know, we're all, we all struggle through managing the today. Yes. But we don't really worry about today. We worry about the unknown of tomorrow. So yeah. who knows? By the time coronavirus could be a thing again, maybe we all have access to this material that's just like, yeah, whatever. Maybe so. Maybe so. That would be more than awesome be, today and for several days. It'd be totally awesome 80s. Um, I also don't want you to miss the mounting evidence that maybe I am a vampire. Oh, I know I, you are have red hair. I, mm -hmm. I do actually literally hate electricity, although I do mm -hmm. appreciate it. And in your sleep, you bite me. <laughs> so what does electricity give us? Light. Mm -hmm. Vampires don't like light. It's well, true. It's a sign mostly. It's true. Mostly it's a sign. Let's keep a running list of all the mounting evidence for that. I'll let you do that. Okay. Well, this was a lot. It's a lot, but that's what we do. That is what we do. That's what we would have done anyway. You just get to participate. So have an awesome day already today, would you? Please do. Bye. Bye. Dracula will suck your blood, but might be satisfied with taking your flip-flop. Kyle may or may not have loose ties to a Viking heritage. Either way, he could or might steal your stuff. In general, you just shouldn't trust people. <laughs>